minutes, okay? Okay, so we're, we've been going over, if you've been with us the last uh, several weeks, if you're new this week, you're jumping into our very last lesson about finances. And what we do is we talk about money in a way that God sees money. And we use this stick as an example of how we get to manage our money. Number one, the first thing we learned in the week was we needed a reference point. And that, that described where your money is going. If you're going to balance this stick, you're going to balance money, I need to know where my money is going. Okay, this morning I spent 50 bucks on gas and a car wash, right? I knew where it went. I tracked it. It's going there, okay? I needed some gas and the car was very dirty. Had some, had some money to wash that. Two is why I'm holding this stick. Why, why am I worried about money? Because I want to honor God with it. And the stick, I want to balance it. So I want to honor God with my money. That's another objective. And the third one is constant correction. We talked about debt. Now the bottom of my hand is always correcting the top. I have a reference point. I'm watching it. I'm balancing my stick. And I'm constantly correcting the way I'm balancing and managing money. So those are the three things we talked about. We talked about debt which you guys were fired about. We talked about generosity, which you guys have been awesome. We collected for the Benevolence Fund uh, $4,771. That is put aside for benevolent needs of the church. Thank you for generosity. Once once we distribute some of that money, we're going to let you know exactly where that money went so you can be encouraged that you're helping people not only around the world, but in even our local church. Last week we talked about discontentment. And being unhappy and being discontent. So I have a few slides there. We talked about spending. We talked about generosity. And we talked about discontentment. Today I want to finish our series by talking about and suggesting you do some simple ways to organize, to prioritize, and possibly reorder your financial world. Okay? So here's some five things that we can do. With money, the title of my lesson today is Developing a Plan. So we've covered all the basics of how to balance. Now we have to get a plan together to be successful. So here are five things we can do with money. We can spend it. We love doing that. Today you you either spent this morning, you're going to spend at noon, you're going to spend in the afternoon. Tonight you may go online. You'll spend it. So right away, we love to do this. We love to spend money. We can do that. We can repay debt with it. Some of us are doing that. We're paying debt. And we hate writing that check, but it goes out and repays debt. Thirdly, we pay taxes. April 15th is coming up. I owe taxes. I am paying the tax man. I did that this week. That was discouraging. But he will get his money. He will get his money or else, right? Fourthly, we can save it. We can save money. What a concept. You know, God talks about saving your money. It's very, very important. And lastly... We can give it. We can give money. We usually manage money in that order. Two things that govern how we manage money are these. One is priorities. We manage it based on our perception of what is important. So therefore, that's how money is spent. And two, self-control. The urges. When we're talking about the urges of spending... My kids love to spend money. The other day, Jaden earned $20. He made the honor roll. Or he earned 10 bucks. sorry. made the honor roll. He's fired up. Got all like A's. Here's 10 bucks, son. No, right after I finished the sentence, he was already spending it. <laughs> he went on and I got some clash of clans, money. You, know, you, have, you can buy money. And I said, Jaden, you earned $10. And you used it in a second. And he said, what about saving some for the future? 
What about giving something to God to honor God? He went, hmm. I said, I said, we got to get on this. You, you have to earn money. You have to, you have to balance it. You got to do what's right with the money. But it was gone. I mean, my, my talk fell on deaf ears. <laughs> the money was spent. It was gone. It was absolutely uh, disappeared. So that's just how our nature is when it comes to self-control. Our kids do it. And guess what? We do it. Yes, we do. We do it all the time. So we have to understand that. So when we have the mentality of me first... Me second, America third, God and others last. That's how, we, that's how we live. That's how most people live. And what happens with the me, me first approach, there's only one problem with it. When you have a me first approach with money, is that it shuts out God. Yeah. It shuts Him out. That's the problem with it. And worse, it's offensive because we end up giving God what's left over. That's what we end up doing. And when we get in financial trouble, the first thing we want to do is get, we want God to be involved. But when, when things are going fine, we only want God as a helper. And so we end up giving God our leftovers. And we're going to talk about leftovers today to help us develop a strong spiritual plan. But that doesn't stop us from asking God to provide for us, to bless us, because we, because we you know, to sell our homes, to provide work, pay tuition. We want Him as a helper, and that's not really honoring God. So that's one of the objectives of our balancing money, is that we want to honor God with it, because He provides it. We are benefiting from an an, an economy that we have no control over. You don't control the economy. So all you do, you're just the beneficiary of your job market because of the economy. You had nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with it, but God has everything to do with the economy. Okay, so that was our basic function of the, the, the first couple lessons. So, we want to talk about the Old Testament today. When you look in your Bibles, in Malachi chapter 3. In the Old and New Testament, priorities reflected the conditions, or the condition of the heart. And they impact, they impact God's willingness to become an active part of, in a person's life. There is a connection between how we handle it and how God interacts with you based on how we balance our finances. And you ask, well, that's pretty intense, Gio. Are you saying that God is intimately involved in our knowledge and His, His closest to us is rooted in how we manage money? Yes. yes. It's exactly what I'm saying. It's exactly what I'm saying. So around 400 B.C., it's a long, long time ago, there was a prophet named Malachi, okay? And he writes a scathing letter to the leaders of Israel. And he accuses them, he accuses them of giving God the leftovers. That's what he does. He writes this letter. And he says, they were bringing animals that they would never present, because to worship God back then, you had to bring animals, present them uh, unblemished, meaning they were, they were good Nothing wrong with them. And they would worship God. They would, they would sacrifice the lamb to get their sins forgiven. He, so they were giving the, at the altar but like defective lambs, broken one, broken leg, one eyeball, and it wasn't going to live very long. Let's sacrifice that to God. And so they were doing that. And so they were dishonoring God. They would never have presented those sacrifices to a ruler or a king of another nation. They would have never done that. But with God, they were doing it because they had other priorities, right? They had other priorities. So we can relate to this passage. So 
In Malachi chapter 3, we will start in verse 7. So if you don't have your Bible, I have it on the board for you. I even have highlights for you. I went, I went the extra mile today. Ever since... So this is his letter. This is chapter 3 of his letter. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you. Says the Lord Almighty. Now... Here's a question they ask back. But you ask. They ask God. How are we to return? In other words, how do we show our devotion to you so you will be devoted to us? What can we do to you, for you, so that you would in turn be devoted to us as your people? That was what they were asking. Okay? And then God says this. He asks another question. God asks a lot of questions to our hearts. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be enough food in my house. Tithe is, is is a word translated 10%. Now Israel back then had two tithes. One was for the Levites. They took care of the tabernacle and all the elements of how to worship God in His temple. They had they had that tithe for them. And they had one tithe for the feast they would have in Jerusalem, which was a very big feast and honoring of God. They would have a tithe for that. Now, every third year, the second tithe was kept at home to give to the poor. Okay? This was to be a first priority. They knew this, but they weren't doing it. They happened to be giving God what we call the leftovers. So, um, he goes on to say, God finishes, Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. This is an extension of God's original promise to Moses hundreds of years before. God has always stated this, but they forgot him because they had different priorities. So this was happening to God's people. To put me at the top of the list of your things, or to put yourself at the top, he goes, put God at the top. He goes, I'll show up. I'll be there. I'll be present with you. I'll have you in my heart. There's a lot of discussion whether tithing is a New Testament thing. That is not my point. Priority is my point. Priority that God is first is my point. So if you're already going 10, I'm saying, what is your priority? Is God last and gets leftovers? Or is He first? Because that determines the involvement He'll have with you in your life. Okay? So, Jesus repeats this idea in the New Testament and says this, and we started our series with this very verse. And Jesus says this. He repeats the same idea. He says, No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money because it's too hard to balance that. It's too difficult to balance having two masters. You need one. You need one. And so in that same message... He, the same sermon, he says this. 
So don't worry, saying, shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? I, haven't, I don't have my seasonal wardrobe yet. <laughs> Summer's coming. I need tank tops, beach shorts. What am I going to do? What shall we wear? Because that's how we think. We get worried. For the pagans, the people that don't know God, worry about those very things. And we're the Christians. The people who don't recognize God. And look what he says. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He knows you need food on the table. He knows you need clothes on your back. He knows you need a roof over your head. But the question is, is he first? Is He first? He knows. He knows your situation. He knows your financial tax burden. He knew mine. I was like, Lord, is there another way to deduct? Can I get, have I maximized my deductions? The temptation was to go, well, if I did this, I could get that. Oh, yeah, then I can say, oh, I'm in the money. Then Uncle Sam was knocking on my door and said, what'd you do? Right? I don't want that phone call. So He knows you need them. But, now stop there, but, in the meantime, while you wait in the gap, be assured of his concern and involvement. He knows, but, he knows, understands, you can be rest assured, he's in the gap, but seek first his kingdom. He understands your situation, but he says, seek first. First, not ignore, but seek first his kingdom. Amen. And his righteousness. And all these things, what are the things? Clothes, food, work, house, job, bills, economy. All these things will be given to you as well. It's the same thing he told the, uh, to the people of Israel through Malachi's letter. Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Jesus is repeating the same thing. He, in a different language, in a different way, and as Jesus was really great at stories, he said, hey, look it, these things you will have. God knows. You need them. God knows. The question is, are you balanced? Most of us in this lifetime, we're imbalanced. We can't balance the, the money. We're, we're, we're always stressed out about it because maybe God has not been put first. So prioritizing God's interest financially is an invitation to his activity in your life because he wants to be welcomed into your life. God awaits our invitation. And how we invite him is by putting him at the top of our list of priorities and concerns. That's how we invite God in. And that's why that letter was so brutally honest and harsh with God's leaders is that they were not doing that. So the priority, the direction of of the money that we own reflects the direction and priority of your heart and my heart. To honor God, our priorities must represent His priorities. Taking our cue from His Son, Jesus, God is first. It means to flip the list. So if I were to... Here's five things we can do with money. If I were to flip this list so we can spend it, we can repay debt... We can pay taxes, we can save it, and we can give it. What if I were to flip this list? What if I said, I'm going to give God His honor? 
Amen. I'm going to save my money. We want to save this guy here. It's good to save. Yeah. <laughs> I want to pay taxes. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. I want to repay debt. And I want to spend it. That is a shame. If we were just to flip the list on five things we could do and honor God at the same time, this is what God is trying to teach us how to balance. We usually live this way. God wants us to say, hey, he's first. Save, because you need it for later. Pay taxes. Repay debt. Um, and spend it. What does that mean? Give, pay, uh, give, save, pay taxes, repay debt, spend. Simply put, you can, you can put give, save, and then live. Give to God, save, and live. Because you've got to live on the rest. So that's, that's really what God is putting before you today. So the first check you write out, to be practical, is God first. That's what I do. I give it online. It's automatic. Before I can blink, it's gone. There it is. The Lord has, has His first. So, if I, you're saying, God, I want to make sure that your kingdom and your concerns get funded first. I'll figure out a way to live on the rest. That is honoring. God gets first, and then I'll figure. Versus what they were doing in Malachi, they were using it all but up, and then at the very end, oh yeah, let's remember, oh yeah, God, God, God yeah. And they gave them all the blemish stuff. So, no more leftovers. That's what it means. If you want to be balanced, you're saying, I'm not going to give God no more leftovers, because I know how He feels about it. Give even before you repay debt. Yeah, are you a slave? Yeah. But you've been robbing God long enough. See, either you're robbing God by justifying, saying, oh, I'm I'm trying to repay debt so I can give. No, 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 no. Give, and then repay your debt. Yep. So you want to put here to say to justify why I don't give is a no-no. You are not inviting God into your life. You are shutting the door on God saying, yeah, I have other priorities. Yep. We get confused because we think, I don't want to be a slave. Yeah. But you're still giving God the leftovers and we saw what He wrote. Right. He, will, he will not be active in your life. I don't want that. I want God to be very active in my life. Amen. The next check I write after I give God, I write a check to pay myself. I save me. Yes, finally. Finally. I write a nice check to my account and put it in savings. That's what I've been trying to teach my son. Save that money. No matter what, this is a habit. And the, re- and the, and, and the rest you live on. Which means you have to make an adjustment to your lifestyle. I know that's painful. That sounds Amen. awful. Don't I? That sounds so un-American. That sounds so crazy that you would actually live on the rest. Oh my goodness. I know it's hard because we've, gone, we've grown accustomed to our lifestyle. I understand that. I relate to that. So much so, I'm on the hunt for a new car engine. Okay? Well, the first option was, oh, the car's all got to buy a new one. I'm going to buy a newer used. But that's still going to put me $20,000 in debt. $20,000 to buy plus the interest, 6.5. $35,000 some dollars that I have to borrow to pay. So, I started asking around, praying, started talking to people, talking to the revisos. They got a new car engine for a little Honda. I'm like, that's a great idea. You know, it's an idea my dad told me about a year and a half ago. But I was like, come on, dad, please. Who does that in America? <laughs> <laughs> Immigrants do that, dad, not Americans. We don't do that. That was what I thought. 
Like, Dad, you're way out there. Because that's how foreign that concept was to me. I was thinking, I'm just going to go buy a new one. I got, I got extra cash. I got a little flow there. I got, I got 350 That's what I thought. And then I thought, well... You know, I talked to Ron and Renee Quint, great, great friends of ours, mentors. They said, well, are you willing to go into debt, $35,000? I go, aren't you, aren't you teaching on finances? I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> Why would I do that? Right. So I so said, hold the line. Don't go into debt so I, have, I can get enough money saved to buy a new carnage. 2000 bucks, yeah. With 35,000 miles on it. From Japan. This is awesome. You should do this. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm not gonna have like, I'm not gonna have a DVD in the back, boom, so my kids can roll a DVD in the back. What's up, Dad? And they're begging, say, Dad, get a new car with a DVD player. I'm like, we're gonna roll in the same Montero with a new engine. It's gonna be awesome. They're like, they can't even relate to me. They can't relate. So you need to think in in percentages, not dollar amount. Because you can get faked out by saying, I give 30 bucks. Yeah, but you make a lot more money than that, right? You get faked out. The, the system has to kind of ebb and flow with your income. You know, it's called, I call it um, proportional giving. You know, you're, you give according to what you've been blessed with, proportionally. That's a good way of looking at it. Jesus looked at percentages. I'll share a scripture with you. Calling his disciples to him. He noticed some. He saw something going on. So he called his disciples to teach him, teach him something. He says, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. He didn't give an amount. Right? Maybe he's being, you know, he didn't see, he gave, she, gave, she gave more than everybody else. They gave out of their wealth. Again, he didn't say how much they gave. But she, out of her poverty, put everything in, all she had to live on. He looks at percentages. He didn't, he didn't equate the rich guy dropping in so much money because he looks at the percentage of what you're giving, the heart of what you're giving, to see if it's having an impact on your life. So flipping the priorities, flipping the list is an invitation to God. Saying, I am inviting you in to my life. I'm going to flip it. And I gave great practicals here. Try it for three months. Just give it a shot for three. Okay? See what happens. Um, take notes. Pay attention to what happens. Journal it. Okay? Because when you start giving to God first and, you know, start prioritizing, God does the strangest things. The other day, Amen. we're going to Norway for a mission trip. We had enough miles accumulated to take our kids. They say for free on the airlines, but you have to pay taxes, which is basically $500 to take our kids in taxes to Norway when it's a free ticket flight, right? But that's how they make their money. No one, you ain't going to fly for free. You know, you're going to pay. So we, when the, the thought came of, 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 of having conviction to buy a new car engine, we're like, yes, we're going to do it. We're going to go for it. And lo and behold, I was looking at the itinerary, and my children were on a different flight than I were. I was. Even though we booked it all at the same time, I just happened to go, I better, I better call. There's something. So I called and they go, oh my goodness. You're, they're on the wrong flight. I'm like, yeah, they're children. They can't fly alone. That's, that's wrong. He's like, yeah. Supervisor came on the board, put us, put us on a boat on the same flight, and guess what happened? I got refunded 500 bucks. I was like, yes. I will balance you for the rest of my days. I mean, God does the strangest things. When we decide to say, I'm not going to go into debt. I'm not doing it. And it was hard to swallow that because I'm like, I, I, can, I can afford a new car. I can afford the loan payment. But to determine myself, I'm not going to go into debt because of it. This is what happened. And it happened. And I was irritated. I'm going, this is a mistake. And I was tempted just to give him a hard time to get my money. Before I could argue my point of how, how insensitive, how rude this is. This is terrible customer service. Before I can even argue my point, 
She said, they were going to refund you the tax money. I was like, I, I, and then I said, are you sure? I, I, I'm getting refunded. I said, you just want me to understand that clearly here. Because I didn't say anything negative yet. Usually after you say negative things, they do something about your refund. I hadn't said anything negative, and they refunded the money. I was like, yes! And I was very excited about that. God is great. God is good. It's going to debt, which is awesome. Okay, so let's review. Things to do. Here's a to-do list. Reprioritize around the concept of giving. Because you have to face the fact. If you haven't been doing it, the fact of the matter is, is you've been robbing God, and some of you have been robbing God long enough. Enough is enough. You know how he feels about it. It's not like he's a different God in the Old Testament. He's like a totally transformed new God in the New Testament. He's the same God. That's how he feels about it. He's like, I've given you all your resources, and you're going to offer me the absolute leftovers? I'm not really that important in your life, unless there's trouble, then you, you, we beg him in. Help my kids become Christians! Yeah. We invite him for that, but now when it comes to money. And that's what we need to understand. That's what he's trying to help us change in our mindset. Is it hard? Absolutely hard. Because we're so used to it. It's, it's like un-American to think this way. It's un-American. If there's a sale, we're there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Apple has a sale, we are all over that sale. I mean, after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, it's black for a reason. Because we're going to go in there and just beat people up to get to what I want. There's some brutal things that happen. Right? The day after Christmas. Why? Because in America, it's like unwise to regular shop. we got to shop on those days. Right? we got to spend like, like, like maniacs. Keep an eye on where your money's going. Where's it going? Second thing, determine how you can honor God with everything. And then make the adjustment. Make the faithful adjustment. Your life will be richer. Your relationships will be richer. Your heart will be bigger. And God, most importantly, will be honored. More important. Imagine what would happen if we all did this together. Imagine if we funded God's kingdom... God's kingdom first. And how many lives would be changed? How many people would change? Not just Robin Rose and Andre. How many more people could be be saved because of this? Imagine the message it would send to our community. Imagine what message we're saying to our world that we're going to put God first. So for those of you that are here and desire to be a follower of Jesus, this is not an add-on to your life. This is, the, this is the life that we live to follow Jesus. It's not like a little extra we put on. Now, I want this for you. I want you to honor God. Amen. Right? By giving. Give Him His honor. Then again, God wants you to save it. Save money. Amen. 401k, 403b, Roth IRA. You, you know financial guys. They'll give you 10,000 ways to save it, right? Save money for your kid's college. Save it. Do something. That's good. Yeah. But who's the first? God's first. Yeah. Next thing you just pay your taxes. Or remember some of you got, some, you got that fat bonus ta- tax check. Four G's came in last week. Right? Honor it. Repay debt. I'm paying 2000 Lastly, we spend it. We live on the rest. We live on the rest. Does that mean you might go to four bucks a little less? Yeah, it means you might go to four bucks, just a little bit left. That's my nickname for Starbucks. You know, you may want to you may want to start brewing your coffee at home. 
You may want to buy, go to Costco and buy food for the, for the next two weeks versus like we used to do. We would stock our pantry with all this food and the moment it made a dent, we'd restock it. And there was like people and things and societies in there. <laughs> there was so much stuff in there. We're still eating through our pantry and we're, we barely got halfway. You know how many frijoles we have in our house? How many beans? You know how much rice we have? We can feed a country. So why do we, why we keep filling up our, our pantry when we have food there? I use rice, beans, and some fish. Rice, beans, and some chicken. Rice, beans, and an egg over easy. I mean, there's plenty of ways of doing it. Why are we killing ourselves with it? That's what we do in our house. So, it's a constant correction. Five things you can do. I'm asking you, God is asking you, to flip your list. And people will think you flipped your lid. But one thing you'll be doing is that you'll be honoring God all the way to heaven. Thank you for your time.